McShane Bible study. This is actually a catch-up day uh, because we will catch up at the end of this recording. It, we're doing days 232 and 233. However, I realize I skipped a, day, a, a chapter of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 10, I think, was skipped and 11 was done, or 12 was done. So today, 1 Samuel 10 and 13 are on my mind. That's what I just read. And... Um, I kind of like that I read these together because it, it makes for a good point. First of all, what was the point we were just talking about, Weston? What did, what did, Why wasn't uh, Saul allowed to make um, the burnt offering? Okay, so I'm not going to totally repeat myself, but the short version is God had made Saul king but not priest. And he assumed, he presumed that because God had had done mighty things in his life that he could just go about and do anything he wanted, right? God has blessed me in incredible ways, so of course I can make the burnt offering. But that was not the order of God. Mm-hmm. He was not the priest. Samuel was mm-hmm. the priest. And we don't know the conversation, you know, we just talked about first at the end of 1 Samuel 10, Samuel gives him a book which establishes the rules of the king. And maybe one of those rules is before the battle, the priest must bless it. Or maybe it was a conversation that's not in the scripture. We don't really know. But we do know from the after effect that Samuel had told him one way or another that he should wait on Samuel's blessing. Mm -hmm. But he decided, and and so that's, that's what stood out to me as I was reading 1 Samuel 10 you can't deny that the hand of God was mighty on him, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was really obvious. Mm-hmm. And yet, here we just three chapters later, it was what, a year, year and a half later, um, all of a sudden, he's going his own way. Now, he didn't think he, he didn't, he wasn't, this is important because this is the natural way of man. And so it's a good warning and a good instruction to us on how do we follow the Lord. He, was he thinking, I'm going to go my own way. I don't care about God. I'm just going to go my own way. Was he thinking that way? No. No. But he presumed that he didn't have to worry about it every little detail of going God's way, that he could just go his own way. And because he was blessed by God, God had moved powerfully and clearly in his life. And therefore, his own ideas must be righteous. His own way must be righteous. And that God will come along and bless his way because he was such a wonderful man of God. Right? Mm -hmm. And that was his sin. Do you see that? <clears throat> mm-hmm. He didn't go God's way. He wanted God to come his way. And God had blessed him in, in a more amazing way than, than you know, any, of, any of us, right? He made a king of his people. And he showed up so, in such powerful miracles and that sort of things impresses so many people today. But it, that did not give him license to go his own way. And so the same is true for us, that as we follow the Lord, it means learning his ways and eagerly seeking his ways so that we go his ways and not our own ways. Just because he's blessed us in many ways does not mean we now get to go our own way. 
it means he's encouraging us to come deeper and deeper into his ways. You see that? Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, and we're to Romans, and Romans 10 and 11. So we're finishing up this interlude, which is in the middle of, of this. Uh, you know, Romans is the, the sort of the clearest, I don't know how to say this. Uh, uh, all, all the scriptures present the gospel, right? The gospel mm-hmm. is the good news of the kingdom. <clears throat> um, that's, mm-hmm. that's what gospel means, good news, good news of the kingdom. Um, and so all the scriptures point to that. However, Romans is, is kind of a theological treatise where Paul says this is the whole gospel, right? So the whole, he's presenting the whole thing. And he had this huge crescendo in eight. And now he's having this interlude where he's speaking to the Jews. And then he's going right back to the top of the mountain in 12 and kind of coming down from there. So we're finishing up this interlude and uh, chapter 10. But we always want to read the scripture. People make the mistake of reading the scripture as if it's just some historical document that doesn't have present relevance. That's Mm -hmm. a huge mistake. The it, the gospel, the Bible is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, right? It's supposed to cut us deeply so that we more and more leave the old life of flesh and more and more enter the life of the Spirit, right? And so when we read this, we can see he was very specifically talking about the Jewish people here, right? Mm-hmm. But does that not apply to the people of today, it absolutely applies to the people of today more than it is does the people of a thousand years ago, for instance. Right? Halfway in between this. Verse 2 says, For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according <coughs> to knowledge. I would submit to you. He's talking about the Jews, but I would submit mm-hmm. to you. It's a church of today. Uh, for being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. What did we just talk about with Saul? He had a zeal for God. God made him, he was a normal guy, you know, unknown in, in mm-hmm. Israel. And God made him king out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing, right? Yeah. Um, but... And so he, he had a certain zeal for God, you know, even if he didn't before, and he probably did before, but all of a sudden he's, hey, God made me king, right? And he knew it wasn't coincidence because there were all kinds of miracles around it. Um, but in seeking to establish their own righteousness, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So, again, this is the way of religion. We establish an order of righteousness and we live according to that order. When God says, I want you to live by the Spirit. Okay, and then, let's see. Uh, Romans 11 starts out. I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means, for I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. I think we talked about this yesterday, but um, God rejected the people of Israel many times while preserving a remnant and reestablishing his people through that remnant, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, he made the point yesterday, hey, not all Abraham's sons were sons of the promise, right? Mm -hmm. It was the same for the Jews. It's the same for the church. The church, you know, Jesus and Paul both talked about a great falling away. I think Peter might have Mm -hmm. talked about it too. Um, 
And so God has not changed. This same way is happening. And so he says, look, I need to have a people that learn my ways, that are passionate about learning my ways, going my way, so I can establish my kingdom, family, culture in a people in this world and therefore thereby transform this world with my ways so that I am glorified in all the world and all the world can know this better way, right? And I can't have a people that say they follow me but don't really know my ways. You see how that's the same, whether it was Christians of today or Jews of a couple thousand years ago? Mm-hmm. Or Jews of 3,000 years ago? Or, you know, Israelites, they were called back then. So, so too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. So, let's just give a couple big examples. These are broad categories that work. There are Christians who believe that they are righteous because... And by righteous, I mean kind of following God's ways. Because they really help other people a lot. Mm-hmm. That's one. There's others that believe because they're very diligent about their Christian activities. They go to church three times a week or have home groups or whatever. Mm-hmm. They, they do a lot of it. Or that they read their Bible every day and they're really good about that. Mm-hmm. Or that they go out and they pray a lot for people and they see signs and wonders, healing, prophecy, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's other big categories like that, but those are, um, those, I don't know, those are the ones that come to mind. Is there anything wrong with any of those things? No. No. Those are all good. But is that the way of God? Is that righteousness? No. No, it falls far short. It's ceremony. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's getting caught up in... I, I share this dream often because it's really powerful. Mr. Soon had a dream many, like probably over a decade ago. And, uh, and it's a little longer. I won't tell the whole thing. But basically he's coming up a mountain. Mm-hmm. So the mountain, obviously Mount Zion, right? It's where we all want to be. It's where we want to go. It's where mm-hmm. God wants us, the top of this mountain. And, and in it, he would come to these camps. And these camps of people were fighting these creatures coming down from the sky. So clearly like demonic forces, right? And and they had each figured out good ways of good particular and different ways of fighting these demons and they were doing so. And in the different camps they had different ways of fighting, but they, they were all fighting. And so he would go and they, they they would all want him to be a part of their camp and fighting. But he had this longing to keep going up. And, and the people were like, why, why would you go there? We, we've got it figured out. We are defeating these demons. Meanwhile, it was a never-ending fight. And he finally, he, he finally just breaks away from, from those and starts heading up this lone path up the mountain. And it's like no one's ever been there before. However, as he does go up, I think he sees an occasional person kind of coming down. He sees it's, he's not the only one to find this. Um, he gets up, and as I recall, and I haven't heard him tell this story in years, but as I recall it, God's like, you can, you can hang up, hang out with me here, or you can go better. But he felt like, well, the better thing is to go down and tell others. And so then he goes down, he's in the camps, and he starts to see that there's others. They were kind of indistinguishable before. 
Um, anyways, the point is, those are all camps, mm-hmm. right? It's not that they're wrong or bad. It's it's that they haven't reached the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. We don't want to <clears throat> camp out on certain truths of God. Mm-hmm. We want all of God, mm-hmm. right? We want him in any way that we fall short. We want him to cut that off no matter how mm-hmm. painful so that we can be filled with the fullness of him, his glory, his way, right? Mm-hmm. Verse 7, what then? Israel failed to obtain what it was seeking. The elect obtained it, but the rest were hardened. Uh, verse 12, now if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? 15, for if their rejection means reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? So he's saying this is very specific to the Jews. Um, well, you know what? It is going to be powerful for the world. Okay, if we go back to that dream, what is the, the people coming back to the camps? Well, what do we have in Romans 12? We have a sun company that goes up to a throne room. We have a woman going through a really hard time in the wilderness. <clears throat> but then we see children coming out of that. I always forget the chapter number, but it's in the 60s in Isaiah. It talks about a woman marrying her children, right? It's this unification of the sons of God and the church. It's the true church, the people who want to learn the ways of God, but have been, you know, have, have never been discipled into them. Mm-hmm. Come with this unification of God's people. And so that's exactly what Paul's talking about here, that when the Jews come to the come to the Lord in the end time, when all, and I don't even know if that means every single one, but he's talking about a, like a majority of the Jews coming to recognize Jesus as Messiah in the end times, that mm-hmm. that will mean incredible blessing upon the earth. Mm-hmm. So I've never realized it before, but right now I'm realizing that's those things go together. Mm-hmm. A lot of times God does things with the Jews while he's doing things for the people at large, his, his church, his body around the world. And so these things will happen together. See mm-hmm. that? It's, it's amazing how God works. Um, okay, 20. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God, severity toward those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness. Mm -hmm. Again, blessing or curse. Choose the way of blessing and you will be blessed. But you have to choose that way. You have to keep walking in that way. You can't Mm -hmm. turn your own way. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. 26. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. So all Israel will be saved, Paul's saying. Mm -hmm. That's, That's kind of a powerful world word uh i I really like the last what was that four or five chapters 32 four or five verses four or five verses that is correct for god has consigned all to disobedience that he may have mercy on all it's kind of a cool concept right Mm -hmm. every one of us has been disobedient Mm -hmm. there's no difference 
we think of ourselves better as someone else, we're off track. Mm-hmm. I don't care who it is. Any person out there doing something that seems bizarre, foolish, stupid, whatever. Mm-hmm. We think we're somehow better than them. Mm-hmm. No. Just by the grace of God, we know the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right? Or maybe perhaps mm-hmm. by the grace of God, we've come further in the Lord. And yet, we better be very conscious. By the grace of God, others are further up that mountain than we are. Mm-hmm. Right? Who cares? Stop judging ourselves against other people. Judge mm-hmm. ourselves by the standard of the Lord, but by His way. 33. Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. There's so much. He has so mm-hmm. much for us. Riches, wisdom, knowledge. It's more than we can imagine. How unsearchable are his judgments and how unscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? His ways are above our ways and we can, we can give him nothing other than our lives. It's the only thing we can give him. It's the only thing he wants from us that we give him our lives, right? Mm-hmm. For from him and through him and to him are all things. Mm-hmm. To him be glory forever. Amen. Mm-hmm. Our, our life in God, from God, through God, it's everything. Everything else is nothing. Mm-hmm. Make sense? And in Jeremiah 49 and 50, we see just a lot of pronouncements of judgment. And I'm not going to really talk about 49. The one thing that stood out to me was this is not, you have to read carefully to pick up on this, but this was written before the Jerusalem's final fall, right? Mm. So just because it's towards the back of the book, well, I don't know when it was written, but but as far as when it was when it was said, um, and and so he, he, either Jeremiah compiled or Baruch compiled it in this way, or someone later did. I don't know, um, but it's kind of hard to pick up on those things. But it's not necessarily in order, okay? And and there's quite a lot of prophetic scripture that's like that both in how it's composed and how it will come about. And if we look at chapter 50, we see judgment on Babylon. Well, so Babylon was the, was the country that conquered Judah, right? And so judgment did come on Babylon. So was he talking about that? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But we read the book of Revelation and we see Babylon is a major figure in that book, Right? And so there's a spiritual aspect to Babylon that is portrayed here. And so, you know, whether we look at that as um, the, so it's, it's a harlot, right, in, in uh, Revelation. And so that's the, the, the church that uses God's name but goes its own way. Not the true church of the woman in uh, Revelation 12, but the false church that uses his name but goes its own way. Right? Now, might it be a conglomeration? It it could end up being something where 
Um, it's kind of a, a, a one-world religion that's condoned by the rulers of this world, and kind of, you, you see movements about that. We need to all be united. We need to, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know. But we, we see that, that that kind of picture and so if we go to verse 18, Therefore thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I am bringing punishment on the kings of Babylon and his land, as I punish the king of Assyria. 20. In those days and in that time, declares the Lord, iniquity shall be sought in Israel, and there shall be none, and sin in Judah, and none shall be found. For I will pardon those whom I leave as a remnant. So it's kind of like what we were just talking about in Romans, that God will pull out his remnant people. Pardon them. Remember, talk about mercy and, and, and bless them and establish his people. 23, how the hammer of the whole earth is cut down and broken, but Babylon has become a horror among the nations. I set a snare for you and you were taken, O Babylon, and you did not know it. You were found and caught because you opposed the Lord. So again, you think you're holy and righteous, but you, you're not. You're not really my people, so I will come against you, is what the Lord says. Mm -hmm. Last verse, 46. At the sound of the capture of Babylon, the earth shall tremble, and her cries shall be heard among the nations. Well, that was certainly true at the time as far as in the physical, but we look more in the natural, and, and this will be an enormous event, heard and understood everywhere, where there's cataclysmic change between the kingdoms of this world, and the kingdom of our God, right? Mm -hmm. We're wrapping up in Luke 17 and 18. Which ones did I point out? Verse 17, 20. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. It's an invisible kingdom. It's in, it's in the hearts, minds, in the reality, the way of being of a people. Mm -hmm. And of course, the rules of the kingdom supersede the rules of this world. So it, mm -hmm. it then affects and occurs outside of those people, but it, it's carried through a people. It's not something that can be seen with your eyes, right? Mm -hmm. If we go back to the Mr. Soon, I don't remember if it was a dream or a vision, but... Um, when he came back down from the mountain, he saw there's others working in this. They had been invisible to mm -hmm. him before. Mm -hmm. Right? So it, it's an invisible kingdom. When, when the more and more the Lord enlightens our heart and mind to see, mm -hmm. we can be able to see these things. But until that, it's invisible to us. It's definitely invisible to anyone in the world. Right? They might have strong reactions based on spiritual realities, but they don't understand them. Mm -hmm. Okay. 23. And they will say to you, look there or look here. Do not go out or follow them. For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the son of man be in his day. Well, that's kind of, that's kind of interesting, huh? He's talking about when he returns. Hold on. Let me see. All right. Hopefully no more barking. He's talking about when he returns, he's very clearly talked about that. Like, he's like, I'm, I'm going to go away, but I will return. But he's saying, people, people are saying, look here, look there. Look, there's the Messiah, there's the Messiah. But he's saying, no, 
I won't be seen. I'll be like lightning flashes up in the sky. In other words, you'll see evidence of me, but you can't grab hold of me. Well, that's really interesting. Why would that be? Because he's coming through a people, the many sons of God. Mm -hmm. Right? We, who are his body? The many sons of God. Right. And so he's coming through a people. So we can't say, you know, I can't point to this one or that one and say, that's Jesus. Is Jesus in these sons? Absolutely. But is anyone in themselves Jesus? No. Yeah. Right? 26. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. And then he goes on and says the same thing when it happened with Lot and Sodom. Mm -hmm. Right? People are going about their normal lives thinking anyone who's preparing... I think Noah is a lot better example than Lot, which is probably why Matthew and Mark just talk about Noah. Because Noah was preparing for these things. God showed him what was happening, and he was preparing, and he looked like a fool for doing so, right? Mm -hmm. Building a boat when it had never rained before. Yeah. That's pretty foolish, right? Mm -hmm. Until it rains, and there are floods. And then, it's a good thing you got a boat, so you can be saved from these things. Mm -hmm. Right? Jesus says, that's how it will be. Everyone will be doing their own thing, and the flood comes, and the remnant people are saved from these things, right? 31, on that day, let the one... Now, just, that doesn't mean everyone's going to die like they did in that time. It just means, um, well, obviously people are dying out there, right? But it's kind of a small percentage of people are dying from like virus and stuff. Um, it just means a destruction of an old way of life. Mm -hmm. Right? Darkness. Deep darkness covers the land. Right? 31. On that day, let the one who is on the housetop with his goods in the house not come down to take them away. And likewise, let the one who is in the field not turn back. I think most people, and I think I have in the past, read that quite literally. Like, about the things you're doing. Mm -hmm. If we understand spiritually, he's saying, look, turn back from your old life. Turn into these truths mm -hmm. that you will come into this reality, enter the kingdom. 32, remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will keep it. Remember how Lot's wife died? Uh -huh. She, she turned back. back and, um, and God turned her to a pillar of salt. Right. She, she, she couldn't. Handle the fact God said, "Don't look back," and she's like, "But I, I miss my old life. I kind of want, mm -hmm. I want to be saved by God, but I kind of still want my own life." And God says, "Nope, can't have it." Jesus is saying, "You can't have your old life. Mm -hmm. Turn to me, and I will bring you blessing. Mm -hmm. If you cling to your old life, you cling to the curse." Right? Uh, Luke eighteen. Let's see, da, da, da. fourteen. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Um, what was this? The Pharisee and the tax collector uh, giving taxes? He says, if we start to find yourself kind of worthy before God, mm -hmm. that's the point where your growth stops. Right? Mm -hmm. you've, you've Now you've exalted yourself. 
we must humbly seek God, knowing there's infinitely more ways in which we can be transformed and grow than where we are. 17. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. So, again, we, we get filled up with knowledge, we get filled up with tradition, and we get filled up with the ways of the world. He's saying, you must be like a child that comes to me to learn of my ways, and I will help you enter the kingdom. The minute you start to think that you're established, you can no longer enter, right? Mm-hmm. 25, for it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Uh, you know, the things of this world distract. If we have a lot of things of this world, that distract us from entering. 34, but they understood none of these. Okay, so Jesus had just foretold exactly what was going to happen to him in the last few days of his life, Mm -hmm. right? Or last day, really. Um, He he mentions everything, right? Mocked, shamefully treated, spit upon, flogged, killed. On the third day, he will rise. That's that's a pretty good short description of exactly what was going to happen to him. So he told them, point blank. Right? And these, they'd spent three and a half years with him, right? Or three years, I don't know exactly when this is happening. 34, but they understood none of these things. Mm-hmm. They understood the words. They speak the language he speaks. Mm-hmm. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. They understood the words, but the Lord concealed the meaning from them. Mm-hmm. There are words, and we can understand them. Mm-hmm. There's spiritual truth that we usually convey through words that can either be grasped or not, mm-hmm. right? So we want to always open ourselves. Lord, what are you saying? Mm-hmm. Right? That's why I, you know, you're a faster reader than me, so you're often done before me, and that's why I'm always encouraging you. Meditate on what you're reading, because you mm-hmm. can understand all the words, but not mm-hmm. receive from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Or you can read a few words and receive an ocean of truth from the Lord. Mm-hmm. You see that? The Spirit gives the truth. The Spirit transforms. The words mm-hmm. can be, even though the, it's Scripture, right? It's from the Lord. But if we read them with a, with a fleshly, earthly mind, then they don't transform us. And I'm not saying they did anything wrong, but sometimes the Lord conceals things because it's just not time for them to understand. But here, his closest disciples, the ones he was establishing as his apostles for after he was gone, heard everything he said, but they didn't understand Mm -hmm. because the Lord concealed it. All right, well, that's all I have for today. you have anything else? Um, no. God bless you. God bless you. And I'm hungry. (laughs) Mm-hmm.